All right. It's another day, another show. And you know what that means? It's time for some pre-cows. Absolutely. Yep. Let's get to it. <laughs> another exciting day. <laughs> another exciting day. I'm well, telling you, we record these things at the end of the day and we're all we just beaten up from our, our day-to-day. Uh, well, the fun part <laughs> for me is I'm in a hotel room and the cleaning service was in here cleaning the whole time behind, <laughs> behind me. I'm thank God we have our, our uh, virtual image. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, uh, talking about energy and lack of energy and stuff like that, we actually have an interesting guest uh, today. He's a registered sleep technologist, a uh, clinical sleep health educator, and also a certified personal trainer. And crazy enough, he's an ultra marathoner. He is going to be talking about how to get your energy levels up, uh, hopefully, and especially for us who work these long hours, uh, all of us who work nights, he's going to be talking about that. So um, I think it's going to be interesting. Y- you gents know that I, I enjoy working out. I love to exercise and stay healthy. And uh, so for me, this is it's going to be additional fun too. Can we talk about the TikTok videos on the beach? Can we talk about that? Sure. Why not? TikTok videos on the beach. Yes. I'm joking. I'm I, was joking. Gonna, I, I think more than joking. I thought you. Uh, I thought you're jealous because you got to see me. I uh, am. I am a little jealous. Train on the train you're on the in beach. good shape for an old guy. You, you can't unsee that. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. First um, off, old guy, come on, man. Uh, yeah. I, I'm the youngest. I'm the baby here. You are the baby. You I just are. have more white hair, well, more hair, but more white hair than both of you. Nice. So that's... <laughs> well, I'm excited to hear our guest. I think it's yeah, going to be fun to hear a sleep tech who's doing something extra special and, di- and different. And I think it's a uh, good timing also as we're getting into summer. I'm sure all of us want to see how we can get in shape. So let's go to the show. All right. Let's do it. Hold up, hold up. Folks, we've got some exciting news for you right now, right here on Sleep Tech Talk. We want to let you know that we are looking for 2023's Person of the Year. That's right, Sleep Tech Talk's 2023 Person of the Year. How are we going to do that? Well, listen up. Every Any guest that's been on the show so far, and any guest that's going to be on our show for this year, 2023, are all nominees or all candidates for this recognition and how you can help is by listening and or viewing that specific episode we're going to be counting the number of plays for each episode we're going to be counting the number of listens for each episode and taking that into consideration if you have anybody that you think should be a candidate let us know and we will see what we can do to get them on board as a nominee. At the same time, we need your help to make this happen, to select that person of the year. Along the way, we hope to introduce some other awards as well, but in the the meanwhile, do everybody a favor, do us a favor, and listen in to your favorite guest. By early next year, 2024, we'll be announcing the winners. 
Now back to the show. Welcome, everyone, once again to another episode of Sleep Tech Talk, the sleep podcast, bringing a new wave to sleep technology, sleep health, and sleep medicine. With your hosts and friends, Robert Miller, Emerson Kerr, and me, Dr. Gerald George Moneycarote. Now, we're excited once again to be with you, but please, folks, take a minute to smash that like button, to hit subscribe, and most importantly, share this with all your friends out there. And for your friends and for each and every one of you, we've got a special guest today. We've got George Ray, RPSGT. He's a registered sleep technologist and a certified personal trainer. And he is, if you haven't heard of this before, he's what you call an ultra marathoner. And to tell us a little bit more about it will be George himself. George, welcome to the show. And uh, let me toss it off to you. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Absolutely. So I've been in sleep for about 15 years. Uh, my father and my, my family migrated from Cuba in 1995. He was a physician over there, got into sleep medicine here and built a very successful sleep center from the ground up. I followed in his footsteps, you know, got my credentials as an RPSGT and also as a clinical sleep educator. So I've been in sleep for about 15 years. Uh, professionally, I help uh, clients as well from a uh, personal training standpoint. I have a background in martial arts training and plethora of different martial arts. And that's where I built my discipline. As I got into my thirties, I picked up running, which is uh, an interesting topic because I was born with a tarsal foot coalition, which is fused bones in my left foot. And after years of, and as you know, Jerry, uh, martial arts tends to beat the body up pretty good. So after no kidding. Years, kicking people and stuff, I've uh, pretty much eliminated most of my cartilage in my left ankle and also the, the foot coalition. So running for me is painful, but highly rewarding from a mental standpoint. And I've just taken off with that. And I've done marathons. I've done 50 Ks, 50 mile races, and I'm currently training for 100 K just 66 miles. So just 66 miles. And I and, and, <laughs> You know, for for a lot of people, the uh, let's before we before we go into the mileage, let's uh, let's get into uh, let's talk a little bit about your sleep journey. So, what what made you want to get into get into sleep? I mean, that's I think that's a question that we ask almost everybody. How did you get into it? I know your dad was in it, but that doesn't mean you had to do it. Sure, sure. So I had a child very young. So I have a fourteen year old and eleven year old, and for me. I needed a way to obviously provide for my family. And that way was through my dad. Thankfully, he got me into sleep medicine. And at the at the beginning, I wasn't really all about it, you know, because I was so young, I was 19. But as it grew on me, you know, this is a, a great way to help a big majority of people that suffer from this disorder, uh, obviously obstructive sleep apnea, but multiple other sleep disorders as well. So it's uh, it, as long as you have a serving heart, and I think anyone that's in, med in medicine period needs to have a, a serving heart and, and really be able to understand what patients are going through, you'll do well in this industry. So that's what really got me started in sleep medicine was, you know, having a child young and having to provide for family. So, hey, that's that's quite a good reason. I, I echo that uh, that fact. That's the main reason why I got into sleep technology myself. Um, and both Emerson and, and uh, Robert have their own little anecdotes as to why they got into it. But uh, the question I have for you is how did that translate into, um, 
into becoming a, a certified personal trainer? So I've always been into fitness, you know, at a young age for me, uh, there's a big majority of people out there that struggle with weight loss and, and finding the energy to exercise. For me, it's never been an issue as far as, especially the exercise portion. Uh, I've always, as, since I was a child, I liked being outside. I wasn't really into gaming or anything like that. I much prefer being outdoors. And uh, when I got here, I was bullied pretty bad. So my father put me in martial arts to uh, mitigate that issue and, and it worked. So, you know, martial arts is, I recommend every child to do martial arts because it teaches you a set of discipline and principles that other sports will only touch maybe a, a percentage of, you know what I mean? And while it's good to be in team sports, I do find that being an individual in a combat sport, especially a military combat sport, really builds a mindset that can get you through life, through any obstacle you go through in life. So for me, um, you know, I took that discipline from working out and then obviously I enjoyed the weights. I like lifting weights. I, I like what it does for me in a physical standpoint and also mentally. And it also builds your body to where it's essentially a shield. You know, your bones get stronger, your muscles get stronger, uh, your, your, your physiology, the way you move is, is so much better when you put your body under that pressure that it really helps mitigate the problem of developing injuries down the line, especially the older we get. So, so George, I, I, I love your story. I love your background and, and, and what you've done for yourself. How have you been able to translate that over into patient care? Because we all sort of live out of our own journey, right? And our own experiences and we play to our strengths and you clearly have built something for yourself that's good for you individually. But how do you, you know, if someone is in, in you know, our, our listeners are thinking about, okay, well, that's great. Good for George. Uh, how is that good for me? How can I adopt these principles as a sleep tech? And how does that translate over into, you know, what you do in patient education? How, how does that all fit together? So for me, one thing I practice in not only my personal life, but also my career is extreme ownership, you know, it's, it's super important as a healthcare provider, whether you're a technologist, whether you're a physician, that you show an image of health. And I feel like that is something that is missing predominantly in 90% of the medical industry. I've had conversations with pulmonologists that smoke. I know tons of cardiologists that are overweight. And to be honest with you, if I can be honest, um, it shouldn't be that way. If you're a healthcare provider and an expert in your field, it is your right to show the world that you stand for what you believe in and what you study. And I'll give you an example. If your car is messing up, you're going to take it to a good mechanic, right? If you're a personal, if you're trying to get in, 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 in decent shape, you're not going to sign up usually with a personal trainer that doesn't look like a personal trainer. So for some reason, we've understood that it's okay to go see someone that is going to help us with our diet, nutrition, whatever health problems, and these people are overweight. That, that to me is upsetting. So for me, from a clinical standpoint, the first thing I need to do is present myself to these patients as somebody strong, mentally and physically, so I can give the image of what health should be. So with that being said, as I talk to my patients, the first thing you cannot fake in life is confidence and also the image of yourself. 
you can't fake being in shape. You just can't. You know what I mean? You can talk about it all you want, but people can look at you and first impressions matter. And if you look the part, people tend to listen more. So from my experience, when I sit and I talk to patients, I usually have a detailed conversation, not only about sleep medicine, obviously, but how to be proactive in getting the results you need in order to lay off the CPAP or lay off these plethora of medicine lists that they come into the sleep center with. You see what I mean? Because a lot of these patients grow dependent on certain things and that's great. And thank God we have those items there available for you. But what happens when the power goes out? What happens when the grid's down? What happens if you can't get your refills on your medicine? That's a problem. So it's instead of, instead of, how do I put this? Waiting for the problem to happen. It's better to prepare yourself in the long run. Jordan, I want to shift gears just a little bit to think about the sleep techs personally and, you know, with the wacky sleep schedules that they have and trying to figure out a time to work out and uh, juggle family life and you know, these these crazy hours that sometimes involve, you know, uh, more than one job, which might mean, you know, more than three or four days a week uh, of working night shifts. So, so tell us a little bit about how you're able to sort of overcome that and still uh, stay disciplined to uh, taking care of yourself. Absolutely. So I've recently started a new job and I'm glad you bring this up and I am working nights. I work four nights a week. My sleep schedule is being affected with that. You know, obviously the body it was not designed to sleep during the day. It just wasn't. And your sleep quality is going to drop tremendously, which obviously is going to drop your performance. It's going to affect your recovery rate. It's going to affect your hormone levels, uh, your metabolism, multiple different things. However, it needs to get done. So if you brush your teeth today and you took a shower, you have time to work out. We all have 24 hours. Now, how you spend that time is completely up to you. I understand we all have families. We all have different priorities. But the number one priority is taking care of your mental state and your physical state. If not, you're going you're gonna to find yourself in an early grave, period. So uh, time management management, blocking time specifically to get that hour workout in 30 minutes, whatever you can do. The good thing about being a night technician is, and I understand that there's certain places that wouldn't allow this, but 90% of places that I know of that I've worked in the past as a night tech, as long as you have a floor and your patients are asleep, you can do push-ups, you can do sit-ups, you can do something to get your cardiovascular um, system working. And you can also attack the muscular system and get a good workout in. You don't need fancy gizmos or, or weight room or anything like that to do a calisthenic workout, 15 minute intervals and, and get the job done. You see what I mean? And sometimes I've had to uh, do that, but if you prioritize your time and when you're supposed to be sleeping, you, you take that serious, you, you, you'll do all right, you know? So George, that's uh, that's a very good point. You know, it's it's, prioritizing time management. Hey, it's, it's your choice, right? It's your body. It's your choice. Uh, Robert, I was going to ask him the same question. It's like, how, how, how I take been there. Uh, Jerry, we've all been there. Cut out, buddy. I'm, I'm so sorry. I didn't get that last part. All right. Thanks. Uh, thanks for letting me know. Um, I was saying that we've all been there before. And so, so I'm, I'm glad Robert, you asked um, I'm so tired. How do I do this? Yeah, looks like the uh, connection is really choppy today. I apologize. No, you're um, fine. Hey, 
or the viewers and listeners, sorry about that today. I can't figure out why it's so choppy today, but anyway, we're going to keep going. So, um, George, tell us a little bit about how you got into running. So, you know, you have all these issues with your feet and uh, constant uh, wear and tear through martial arts. How did you start running? So for me, you know, as you said earlier, I, I picked up a book one day, a buddy of mine told me about it. And again, I've always been in, in decent shape, but I know that I had more in the tank. So, and, and my philosophy growing up was I don't run, I make people run because I did martial arts my whole life. But a buddy of mine introduced me to David Goggins and I really see a lot of myself or a lot of him and myself due to all of his medical injuries and medical problems that he was born with and all those things and how he overcame them. So for me, running is an escape. It's a way to compartmentalize my thoughts and it's a way to build mental toughness for sure, especially being in pain. I'm in pain usually every single day because of my foot. I feel the pain and things just chipping away in there. So for me, after I read his book, Can't Hurt Me, it opened my eyes that I was living my life at a, at a he calls it the 40% rule. And to be honest, I felt like I was at 20%. I knew that I could give more to the world, to my marriage, to my children. And I wanted to see what that was all about. Ever since I started running, to be honest with you, it's helped me tremendously uh, with my thoughts. Uh, it's helped me with my anxiety. It's helped me be able to be a more calm and collected person. And it gets my thoughts together to where I can attack the day and prioritize things so much better as well. Now, is it best for me to do this? Probably not with my current foot issues, but so be it, man. You know, I, I'm, I'm one of the, the few that believe that, you know, God gave us this vessel to use it. So if we make it to 80 or 90, whatever the expiration date is, I don't want to leave a well-preserved body behind. To me, that is a waste. That is something that could have been utilized and and you never used it. It's like buying a Ferrari and driving it 40 miles an hour. Why would you do that? You know, <laughs> if, if you're giving a tool, use the tool effectively and, and push it to its paces. The body was designed to be moved, not to sit around all day. And for me, I rather take that to the extreme on some days and at the end of my life, look back and say, you know, I, I was uncommon amongst most people and I have something that I could be proud of. That's awesome. And talking about uncommon, let's get to ultra marathoning, forgetting marathon. Marathoning itself is uncommon, but that seems to be getting more and more common these days. But let's talk about how did you get into, you know, from running to running a marathon and, and placing in marathons, but now ultra marathoning and placing there. Tell us a little bit about that. So I'll, I'm one of those people, Jerry, that I don't like when you tell me I can't do something. It, it really sets me off. My wife, my wife could tell you all about it. But one day I was, I, I started running and to me, two miles was a long distance. You know, it's, it's funny now looking back, but I was having some injury, some pain in my foot. And that's when I went and got it checked out. And the physician that saw me that first time was very short and, you know, that I didn't really like that. I'll never use her again, but, you know, first impressions matter, right? Especially in, in medicine. But she told me, Hey, look, you got a bad foot. You're flat footed. You pronate. Um, you really shouldn't run more than three to five miles. Uh, and that was pretty much it. 
So then I started going down the rabbit hole, started looking this up and, and found a different physician that actually diagnosed me with the tarsal foot coalition, which is the tarsal bones in my foot being fused, which is causing all the pain and the issues. And he said, and he was a lot different in his approach. He said, man, if you keep doing this, you're probably going to get arthritis in that joint. However, you know, live your life. Right. So for me, as I, I started the first year with just five K's. And at the end of that first year, I did a half marathon and I loved it. And then I read that book again. And I said, you know, there's this, this guy here, David Goggins has a lot of health issues and he has a lot of problems in his legs as well. What's different from him and I, you know, we we're born, we're both born with flesh and blood and I want to see how far my body can go. So I took it up to the marathon level and that was fun. And then I took it up to the 50 K level and I really enjoyed that because it's outdoors. You're in the woods. And then I took it up to the 50 mile distance uh, last February and placed top 10. That was a lot of fun as well. And I just get a lot of, I get a lot of bliss from being able to go outdoors and, and, and commit to something like that. Oh, I was just going to say, Jerry, this is, this is the um, most exhausting uh, episode that we've had so far of Sleep Tech Talk. Uh, I'm not <laughs> a runner, I have to confess, I, and it is a complete mental thing for me, um, yes. more, more than, than my physical body, because after a while, you're, you kind of go numb, you know, physically you go a little numb, but my brain just, uh, it just wouldn't let me do, uh, it, it won't let me do what you do. So I completely respect uh, your ability to overcome that. And, and even some of the physical challenge that you mentioned, mentioned earlier. So um, that's amazing. Great job. Thank you. Thanks a lot. You know, man, we're, we're capable of a lot. You know, most people say, you know, that's insane. I wouldn't do something like that. And, you know, and I'm, I'm still new to the sport. There's guys out there that, you know, do 50 miles as a warm up. you know, with my foot issue, it does make it a little bit harder. I'm not going to lie after these races, I can't really walk for about two days. I'm on crutches, but so be it, man. The, the, the amount of confidence that you get that you can, you know, we all have a resume that we present when we're looking for a job, but we also have a resume of life. And as a man, especially as a man, I speak for men, it's very important to keep that resume sharp, you know, not to brag, but so, you know, in your heart, that you stood for something and yet you did something. So for me, it's very important that my wife knows that she married a strong man and that my kids know that they can model, they look at me as a, as a sense of a superhero pride in their heart. And that to me is everything. You know, that, that personal resume is something that I always will keep sharp and I will always keep adding something new to it. So I can give them a blueprint of how to live a healthy life, but also, that with bills, commitments, and everything else, dad in his 30s did all this, I can do all this as well, if, if I choose to do so. <laughs> well, George, uh, this has been uh, really, really fantastic. It's been amazing. And, and to Robert's point, it's, uh, it's a bit exhausting also, just hearing how much running has been discussed over <laughs> the past uh, several minutes. But you know, hats off to you for being able to accomplish these things and, you know, let no one say that a sleep technologist can't do these things. So uh, kudos to you. And uh, one thing we didn't touch on, but we are out of time. I really wanted to talk a little bit about being a sleep, uh, clinical sleep uh, health educator, but maybe, maybe on another episode. But before we go, do you have anything that, sh that uh, we didn't touch on that you really want to talk about very quickly? Yeah, absolutely. Last thing, I, I just want to give people hope man. This is what I do. 
I, God put this in my heart for a reason. I really want to inspire hope and change in people's lives. Uh, this week, exactly, since I've been working nights, my sleep has been affected and that has affected my recovery time. I have right now, I'm dealing with a fractured fifth metatarsal on my left foot. Um, and I know that's due to lack of sleep, inflammation, so on and so forth. So mindset is everything. I could be woe is me. I'm currently not running at the moment because of a, obviously a fractured bone in my foot. But immediately after finding out what it was, I went back to the drawing board. I'm now biking. I'm doing sauna. I'm still weightlifting. So I'm not taking the time to say, oh, man, you know, I can't run. So I'm going to get fat or I'm going to get out of shape. No, sir. Your mindset is everything in life. When life throws you a cur curveball, you swing and you swing as hard as you can because the curveballs will never stop. So whatever issues you're facing, whether it's um, personal issues, whatever it may be, try to find a way, a solution to that problem and don't give up because there's always a way out. In jujitsu, they always teach you there's always a way out of a submission. And so is that in life. When you're given a problem, make sure that you stand up to it and you run through it. Don't give up on any of any things. If there's an aspiration, something in your heart you're trying to achieve, go for it. Only you can tell you if you can. Amen, brother. I love, I love it. Yeah. We do need it. you to work on Jerry, though. He's getting a little soft. <laughs> I don't know, man. I've seen his videos. He's, I, I, I beg to differ. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. That's AI, man. That's just AI. Yeah, it's, AI, it is. Yeah, it yeah. Like it's all staging, <laughs> smoke and mirrors. It's all that. That's, um, that's right. That's right. Hey, George, if anybody wants to get in touch with you, where where's the best place to uh, to connect with you? I'm, I'm big on Instagram and TikTok. If, if you want to follow me, it's Final Flash Fitness. Um, I do really good plans. I can get you anywhere from couch to 5K to ultra marathon distance. If you want to get in the weight room, I can teach you and put you a plan together. I can also create some uh, diet nutrition plans as well that you can actually stick to and you'll see the results. So... Good deal. Well, uh, thank you, George. Appreciate it. And thank you, everyone out there that's watching, everyone out there that's listening. We sincerely appreciate you joining us once again. And don't forget, before we go, make sure you hit that like button, make sure you subscribe, and most importantly, don't forget to share. And until next time, we say lights on. All right. That's a wrap. It's time for some. Post cows. What'd you gents think? Sorry, I'll be right back. I'm going to uh, work out. I'll be. Uh, I, I can't. I can't finish the episode, guys. Well, it's, <laughs> it's hard to make excuses when the guy's running that many miles with a broken foot. I mean, I know. Like, it's sort of like the the blind guy climbing Mount Everest. You're like, crap. There's. I've got too many excuses, and they're not working anymore. Yes. Yep. I, I hear you. I, I, you know, when he said that, I, it was like, holy crap, you know, I, I was complaining that my knees were hurting because I was running wrong for years and I stopped running now and thinking, man, I need to start running again. It's just, yep. yeah, it's uh, a, <laughs> Robert's like, no, nah. well, I, I will say I do other things. Okay. I do That's right. uh, make time to yeah. work out. I'm not, I'm not a runner, but I do make time to work out. And uh, I think it's a big yeah. part of it. I'm also like, he was talking a little bit, alluding a little bit to the mental health piece. That's another part that I've, I also try to maintain as well. Um, you know, something that stood out though, Jerry is, yeah. is he reminds me of uh, a quote from James Clear 
the author that talks about, you know, when you think about today, you spend time, but when you think about the future, you invest time. And, you know, that's exactly the kind of person George is. He's looking down the road and how he looks at his health and the health of his patients is getting them to invest their time today for their future. And it's such a different mindset than the way so many, even us, you know, we, we can be guilty of it as well, uh, think when, you know, and he, he's a great example of what investing in your future looks like. I love that. That that definitely makes uh, makes total sense. Uh, you're investing time. That's uh, or when you're thinking yeah, about the was, future, you're investing in it. I was just thinking about what you know. Hani said something the other week about uh, investment and creating future opportunity. Do you remember the exact phrase that he said? Does either one of you guys remember what it was? Yeah, it it had to do with planning and creating opportunity. That you know that yeah. when you when you plan ahead you're creating opportunity for yourself. And, and it's, they kind of go together. That's, it's that it's about discipline. It's about focus and being committed to the long journey and, yeah. and not, not the, this Instapot approach that, you know, we get drawn into in our culture. Yeah. I, I really love that. You know, that, that culture that we have right now, like you were saying, the instant Instapot or instant gratification, whereas, you know, what's truly good. I mean, even if you're looking at the RPSGT registry, it takes some work to get there, right? You can't just suddenly take the exam. You have to work towards it and you have to get it. And uh, the same way this is now he's talking about the physical and the mental side. Uh, Robert, you were saying uh, during the show that it was, uh, it's all mental. It's, uh, it's all up here and, yeah. and being able to overcome that part. Uh, it's funny uh, for me personally i can get uh, uh, several i can get multiple guys to come out you know a few times a week and we can go for a ruck you know which is a weighted walk but if yes. i told them that we were going to run nobody would show up sure. <laughs> yeah that's that, that's a good point i mean i yeah i forgot that you do the f3 and uh, you're yeah. you're out there you're out there uh, really busting your hump there yeah, yeah. usually about four or five days a week that's a little much for me. I'll I'll be honest with you. Well, you are... fight against a tree, so you know. <laughs> that's well, trees don't fight back. That's what makes it easy. So it's right. uh... there. You go. Perfect. <laughs> uh, with that being said, I think it's a good time to to call it. What do you guys What do you guys say? Sounds good. Glad we got to meet George today. He's a class yeah. player. I agree. All right, uh, folks. Thank you all so much for listening in and until next time, cheers.